Number 21, Boria Salming. All of Leafs Nation loves you. One more time, let's hear it for the great Boria Salming. Such a sad moment. That was just two weeks ago. That's Borye Salming just standing mid-ice, being honored and cheered by Leaf Nation. Of course, it was such a beautiful, beautiful moment. And, of course, everyone was brought to tears because he was so clearly moved by the honor. And, of course, he's standing there with Mattson Dean and Daryl Sittler. Sittler, you know, hoisting his arm up just to help him greet the crowd. It was uh, it was a very, uh, a very special moment. So... You know, uh, we knew he was sick. We knew he had been diagnosed with ALS earlier this year, which is just a viciously cruel disease. And uh, so I think a lot of people were caught off guard that he would pass away kind of so quickly after seeing him. And I, I don't claim to know a lot about hockey, but I know him. That's the guy. You know, he was a juggernaut. And he came to this city at a time when European, they called the European players uh, chicken sweets because they were... <laughs> They just what are those fancy European skaters over there? You know, didn't take him very seriously. And then he got here, and oh boy, didn't take long for players to realize this guy's got mad skills. And so it was uh, Laurier Salming who um, opened a, opened the doors to European players coming through here, guys like Matt Sundin. But he's a loss, and so we remember him. Mark Hebsher, of course, former TV broadcaster, host of the Hebsey on Sports podcast, joining me. Good to have you, Mark. Hi, right, thanks for having me, Alex. I was a bit taken aback. You know, he was just on the ice two weeks ago and, and so clearly had such an aggressive case of this cruel disease, but it was, uh, he's a big one to lose. Yeah, uh, it, it was shocking. And then again, it wasn't shocking. I, I, you know, I think that once we saw him, and then a week later he made a, his final public appearance in Sweden, uh, which was hugely emotional, even more so mm-hmm. there. Um, his wife said uh, that would be his last public appearance. And I think at that time, I think Daryl Sittler said it best. He said, you know, Boria knew then how loved he was and he could, he could rest peacefully, you know, that way he could, he could die knowing that, um, that, that he was loved and, uh, the, the, and, and he was appreciated and that made his life complete, I guess. And so knowing that, that he didn't suffer because you could suffer terribly with a disease such as Mm -hmm. ALS and everyone knew that we didn't want him to suffer anymore. So, Hopefully he died peacefully, and yeah, he was a legend, man. I knew him from the time he, well, I mean, he was my idol when I was a teenager, and then when I started... Oh, was he your guy? I actually spent time with him, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's amazing. Well, you know, like, he came into this country, and he was kind of like the, like, people laughed at him. They didn't realize that he would go on, I mean, he's, what, 768 points. He was, he became one of the most popular hockey players uh, for the Leaf Nation, Um, and and really, I mean, then he played, uh, you know, with the... Uh, I guess he played for the Olympics, but he played with um, when Don Cherry was coaching him. And I don't think Don thought much of him either until they, that game and thought, geez, this guy's good. Yeah, I think what happened there was Don was coaching the Boston Bruins, and the North American feeling was, hey, you know, we just beat the Russians a few years earlier, right? We're the best. The Maple Leafs consisted yeah. of all Canadian players and one American player. There were no Swedes in the NHL, and their game, as you said, you know, was thought to be more skating and stylistic and that they weren't tough. Harold Ballard was the one, the owner of the Leafs, who called, you know, them chicken Swedes. He sort of started that and everybody everybody <laughs> Well he said, said a lot of stuff. Yeah. <laughs> he said that's about the nicest thing he said. That's probably a compliment coming from him. Well <laughs> no, but at the same time you've got to give yeah. him credit because he allowed he allowed yeah. his scout Jerry McNamara to 
find this, you know, um, Boris Salming and his teammate Inga Hammerstrom, bring them over together at a time where um, no other team had done that. And so there was a breakthrough there. It was like, wow, where did they come up with this guy here? And can we find similar players? And that started it. That opened the floodgates, as it were. But Salming wasn't ridiculed. He wasn't laughed at when he first started. I think the word was amazement. Uh, as a fan, yeah. I remember being like a teenager going, oh, my God, this guy's, this guy's like Bobby Orr. Like this guy, yeah. we've never seen anything. Then he was so electrifying, Alex, that he literally brought you out of your seat. And Maple Leaf fans were not used to that. No, I bet. I mean, he played with, you got Daryl Sittler, you got Lanny McDonald. And, and so, I mean, you go back to those days and boy, oh boy, that's when magic, I mean, there was magic happening on the ice. And, you know, um, it didn't take him long to kind of, he had a special way of playing those. So it wasn't necessarily the way Canadians would play and, and it seemed to work. Well, you know what it was? He was a defenseman and defensemen were considered, you know, stay at home. Like they weren't, known as Russia. I mean, there was Bobby Orr, there was Dennis Potvin, Larry Robinson. There were a few, but the Maple Leafs never had a defenseman that rushed with the puck. And so when he got the puck and started to get going, the entire Maple Leaf Gardens, a sound emanated that had never been heard before of an entire crowd kind of gasping and sitting in anticipation of something big about to happen. And it was really quite remarkable. It's very difficult to describe. You had to sort of be there and go, Oh my God, he's a Maple Leaf. This guy is a, he's one yeah. of ours. This is fantastic. So what will his legacy be? I mean, I mean, look, he's got his Jersey hanging number 21 in uh, Scotia uh, arena. You know, he's been immortalized as a statue. I think he's fourth among the team's career scoring, uh, you know, leaders, but what's his legacy going to be? His legacy is the fact that he played 16 years with the Toronto Maple Leafs <clears throat> and endured I won't say the highest of highs because they never won the Stanley Cup, but some pretty high moments and the lowest of lows. He was, yeah. the, word, the word picked on as a bully would pick on an underling is different. When Borja Salming came, everybody took a shot at him because they wanted to see if he was tough enough like Canadians were. And he was beyond tough enough. He took on the toughest players in the league and he never backed down. And that courage is I think his legacy, more so than his skills. Yeah. It was his courage to take all that abuse, Alex. And I mean, yeah. he took incredible, not just physical abuse, but, you know, the, the things they would say to him, the things that were written about him in the papers and what his own owner had said about Swedish mm. people. That's an awful lot. Yeah, and yet he rose above it. So, yeah, maybe that is uh, his legacy. It's, it's interesting that you say that. Well, Mark, yeah, very sad day. I think, you know, not getting a lot of attention, but certainly there'll be a lot of sad, and I'm, th I'm sure there'll be a tribute at the Saturday's game. So thanks for uh, filling in the blanks on this. No problem, Alex. Thanks for having me. That's Mark Hebsher, who's got a podcast now, Hebsy on Sports, if you want to tune in. So, yeah, I expect that they will do something on um, Saturday at the next uh, kind of Leafs game. But, yeah, very, very sad piece of history.